always get so many questions about my favorite books and what authors I'm inspired by. This is also one of my favorite subjects and I could talk about books and writers for days. Either way, in this episode I will share five of my favorite writers that influenced me in quite different ways. But all these writers and their books had a huge impact on me when I first discovered them. And I go back to these writers over and over again for guidance. Because of copyright reasons, I'm not allowed to recite any writings or poems in full, but I will list all of those writers, the books I'm mentioning, and links to books and writings in the show notes. You can find the show notes on my website, charlotteerikson.com podcast, and click yourself into episode number 14. Alright, here we go. Favorite writer number one, Rainer Maria Rilke. My introduction to Rainer Maria Rilke was, like for many of us, through his book Letters to a Young Poet. It's a super short and quite simple book, but it really truly did have a huge impact on my life. I found it at the right time, right when I needed it, like so many of our most beloved books do. I had just turned 19, I think, and had spent my first months in London on my own. I felt lost and scared, alone with no direction, and I doubted if I could ever make it as a songwriter. The letters in the book are letters to a young poet. Maybe a young you or me, because that's what it feels like. It feels like you're reading a letter addressed straight to you because it's all so accurate. I held on to letters to a young poet for many years before I moved on to read more from Rilke. I have since devoured his books of letters, poetry, biographies and collections. Like with every writer I fall in love with, I become more interested in their lives and philosophies than their actual fictional works sometimes. Rilke seemed to have this deep urge to live intensely and deeply. He had many relationships, marriages, traveled widely and befriended many interesting people. He gave his life to his work, and he aimed to write truthfully. He seemed to have a strong urge to understand love, and why we so desperately need love. Neither is he afraid to mention the problems with love, how young people throw themselves into a relationship without being whole in themselves yet. Some books by Rilke to get you started are Letters to a Young Poet, Rilke on Love, and this one I honestly don't know how to pronounce, but The Notebooks of Malte Lorid's Brygge. I think that's how you say it. And lastly, The Poet's Guide to Life. I'm gonna end with a short writing by Rilke. He said, Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Writer number two. Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell has probably been the most impactful writer in my life. I found his philosophies in a time of complete desperation. I somehow stumbled upon Nietzsche's concept of amore fati. Simplified, it means lover of fate. That you must love everything that happens to you, as if it was the only way things could have happened. This led me to Joseph Campbell. And 
As if the universe was placing signs and help right in front of me, I found a yellow worn-out copy of Reflections on the Art of Living, a Joseph Campbell companion, hidden between other books on a second-hand market in Bristol, right about the time when I needed it. I bought it for like two pounds, and this book would sort of save me. It sounds silly maybe, but the panic you feel when you're young, lost and heartbroken is a real panic. And maybe you grow up and learn how to deal with life, but at that point, this book was my salvation. I was 21 and I read it like a bible. Joseph Campbell is a philosopher. He wrote about the power of myth and the hero's journey. He has some wonderful books and talks on these subjects, but this book, A Joseph Campbell Companion, is a collection of his most profound philosophies, thoughts and ideas. His writing about topics such as growing up, following your bliss, finding your path in life and how philosophy will help you. But more than being a prose or fictional writer, he's a philosopher, so he's writing about these concepts as philosophies to help you through life. This concept of following your bliss really did help me and it's still helping me every time I feel lost in who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do with this life. I try to remember his words and simply shut out the world and just follow my own bliss. His writing. Follow your bliss. The heroic life is living the individual adventure. There is no security in following the cult adventure. Nothing is exciting if you know what the outcome is going to be. I love that. Nothing is exciting if you know what the outcome is going to be. So many times we find ourselves scared because we don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? If you knew the outcome of everything, nothing would really be exciting, would it? Turn fear into excitement. He will help you to find your own adventure. One last quote from Campbell. The hero's journey always begins with a call. One way or another, a guide must come to say, Look, you're in sleepy land. Wake. Come on a trip. There is a whole aspect of your consciousness, your being, that's not been touched. So you're at home here. Well, there's not enough of you there. And so it starts. Favorite writer number three, Jack Gilbert. Jack Gilbert was an American poet, and something about his poems, but also the way he lived his life, hit me in such a strange and beautiful way that I even decided to tattoo a line from his poem on my collarbone. Like many of the writers I love today, I found Gilbert by picking up one of his poetry collections from a second-hand market somewhere in England. I started with his book Refusing Heaven and went on to read about his life. Gilbert shot the fame quickly in America, but he didn't like the spotlight. He fled the fame to live a wandering and simple life in many different European countries. He lived on the Greek island Paros, together with another amazing poet, Linda Gregg. He also lived in Denmark and Italy, without knowing any of these languages. A lot of his poetry are about his deep love for life, 
love and experiences. Linda Gregg, whom he had a six-year relationship with and that he lived in Greece with, described him by saying, All Jack ever wanted to know was that he was awake, that the trees in bloom were almond trees, and to walk down the road to get breakfast. He never cared if he was poor or had to sleep on a park bench. I love reading Jack Gilbert because he seems to have been sort of happy in his simple loneliness. And he's making me feel more comfortable with having a constant feeling of a quiet sadness. Feeling rootless and restless and just wanting things to be simple and beautiful. In an interview that was supposed to be about writing technique, Gilbert wanted to talk about how to live instead. He was asked to talk about how to become a poet, and he simply answered, Are you brave enough to be a poet? Then make the very most of your life, no less. Favorite writer number four, Charles Bukowski. I guess Bukowski has a very certain spot on all my best of lists. He's my spirit animal which sounds strange considering him being an alcoholic, decadent, ungrateful poet. But I just simply love him for his boldness and unwillingness to be fancy and happy. The Central Library of Bristol is this big, beautiful cathedral. They have an old room with a wooden floor that creaks when you walk on it. I used to go there and sit and read in the very specific silence of a library. One day I borrowed this big thick book called The Pleasures of the Damned, which is a collection of the best of the best of Bukowski, but like all of it. I think it has 500 pages or more. This book just left me floored. It was everything I wanted and needed at the time. Raw, bold poems about the gritty reality of things. Honestly, I don't really like his novels that much. I have read them, and I think The Post Office is the best of them. But if you want to give Bukowski a shot, just read some of his poems, and you will either love him or hate him. I would recommend you to Google his poem called Let It Enfold You. I will leave a link to the poem in the description so you can find it there. It's just genius. Favorite writer number five. Okay, so this was really hard because there are so many I want to mention here. So instead, I decided to make number five into a collection of three of my favorite modern poets today. These are Richard Seekin, Andrea Gibson, and Buddy Wakefield. What they have in common is that they all write prose poetry which is, I would say, a modern form of poetry. And Andrea Gibson and Buddy Wakefield are spoken word poets. You can find some very powerful performances by them on YouTube. But let me start with Richard Seekin. He has only written two very thin and small books of prose poetry, but his first book is such an extraordinary piece of creation I just can't even describe it. It's called Crush. Seekin's lover died in a car accident, and many poems seem to be written in a blurry haze of sleep or death, but still alive, and it's also real and raw and beautiful. If you want to give prose poetry a try, 
Richard Seekin's book Crush is an absolute must. Both Andrea Gibson and Buddy Wakefield have quite a few chapbooks of prose poetry at this point. And honestly, you can just start with anything by them. I love everything they write. And without suggesting that I am anywhere close to their level of writing, I would say that my writing style might fall on a similar shelf at least. Even if you're not super into spoken word poetry, please just go on YouTube and Google their names. Andrea Gibson sometimes tour together with musicians that she also collaborate with. She has a few performances together with the American singer-songwriter Chris Perica, and they're just simply magical. The musician is playing a guitar or a piano, and Andrea Gibson is performing her poems, and then the songwriter sings a chorus or something, and then she keeps on performing her poem. It's just amazing. Again, I will put the links to all these books and video clips in the show notes that you will find on charlotteericsson.com podcast. I could go on for ages, but this is a good start. These are some of my favorite and most influential writers, and I hope this has inspired you to pick one of these writers up. If you do, please let me know what you think, what it made you feel and think, and if you have something you would like to recommend to me. Lastly, I sort of, without doing too much shameless self-promotion, should mention that my own brand new book, Everything Changed When I Forgave Myself, is out and available as both physical paperback and as a digital ebook now. You can find it on Amazon or get yourself a signed copy from my own store that I will personally sign and send to you together with some goodies. You can read everything about the new book at charlotteericsson.com slash newbook. Sometimes people ask me where it's best for me that people purchase my books, from Amazon or from my own store. Honestly, both options are just magical for me. The only difference is that when you purchase from Amazon, I don't send it out personally, so I can't sign it. On the other hand, the shipping might be cheaper if you live outside of Europe. I also want to mention that, as an independent author with no big publishing house behind me, the only thing that can help my book get in front of more readers on Amazon is through good reviews. So if you want to help me and give me the bestest gift I could ever imagine, it would truly mean the world if you wanted to take two minutes of your time and give my new book a five-star review with some nice words on Amazon and on Goodreads. That helps so much, and I wouldn't ask you to spend your time on something if I wasn't sure that it would make a difference. Alright, that's it friends. I hope you enjoyed this, and like always, if you have any episode ideas, please send them over. I want to talk about things that you want to talk about too. Thank you so much for listening.